As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. Starting now, you can get a transcript of each week's Rich Dad radio show. Just visit www.richdad.com slash radio and download a copy today. This is the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Here's Robert Kiyosaki. Hello, hello, hello. It's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And we have a very important show for you today, as all of our programs are. It's, you know, how do you communicate? Or more importantly, what is the most important skill for an entrepreneur, a mother, a father, a salesperson? What is the most important skill today to survive this world of over-communication. And the reason I say that is when I was a kid, there was one TV station, there was about five radio stations, and one newspaper. Today, there's if there's seven billion people on planet Earth, that means there's po- the potential of five billion TV stations. I mean, everybody can broadcast, everybody can receive. Everybody's got an iPod. Everybody, you know, they they have their own broadcast, their own audiences, and everybody's competing for your listeners or your viewers' attention. And as you know, I mean, how do you get their attention? And then once you have their attention, even worse, they have the attention span of a roach. You know, if you're not interested in like two or three seconds, they're gone. So this is a very important program. I, for I would say the most important skill set, not only for entrepreneurs and investors, but for just being a human being today. Yes, today, um, <laughs> you know, we all have ideas and we all want to sell our ideas. So how do you actually inspire somebody to invest in your idea, to invest in your business, to invest in your real estate deal? How do you inspire your kids to do what you want them to do? Um, This is a really, really important program, and it's a topic, as you say, Robert, with more and more technology, we're losing the art of persuasion. We're losing the art of communication. So how do we communicate, and how do we inspire other people? And uh, what we're going to talk about today is probably somewhat opposite of what uh, you think it is. Yeah, and, you know, I, I go to restaurants today. I see mom and dad on their iPhone texting, and yeah. I see the the three Rugrats texting and all that. You go, that's you call that a family, you know? And it turns out they're texting each other some some of them. And I go, what has happened to communication? Even when I was a kid, you know, like we had Playboy magazine. Now there's so much of that stuff, you don't even need it anymore. <laughs> I go, what do you do today? How do you hang on to the attention? How do you raise capital? I mean, how do you do all that stuff? Our guest today is Carmine Gallo, best-selling author, speaker, and communication advisor for some of the most, world's most admired brands. His book coming out, we're very fortunate, is coming out, we've got a preview of it. It's called Five Stars, The Communications Secrets to Get from Good to Great. His other book is A Storyteller's Secret, 2016, and Talk Like Ted, 2015. And you all know the TED Talks, and so that was Carmine's first book, Talk Like Ted, and we all want to have that uh, TED Talk that goes viral, and that's how this is what the basis of where he comes from. Right, and it's probably the most important skill for anybody, but also especially entrepreneurs. How do you communicate today? So welcome to the program, welcome, Carmine, Carmine Gallo. 
Oh, thank you so much, uh, Robert and Kim. Thanks for inviting me. I-, I could hardly get through that intro without laughing when Robert said we have the attention span of a roach. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't now that isn't that true? <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, if they don't, if you don't have some, you know what TNA as it's called, they're gone. They're. I mean, yeah. it's what are the Kardashians doing? What is what is what is OJ up to? That what is Trump up to? They're gone. Yep. They're gone to I have had I, I've had venture capitalists tell me because I live outside of Sil- near Silicon Valley, and so actually there are a number of VCs who I've interviewed for my books, uh, and, and they you know this very well. They will tell you that you have five seconds to grab their attention, and you'd better tell them a story too. So if you can grab their attention in five seconds and connect with them emotionally, they'll want to hear a little bit more about what you have to say. It, fail to grab their attention and make that connection quickly. Um, and your idea isn't going to be heard, and that's too bad. Imagine so, all the great ideas, Kim, that aren't being heard. That's right. That's right. So, Carmen, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started with TED. And Yeah, I am a, a journalist. I was a journalist for about 15 years, uh, trained, uh, in a, got a master's degree in journalism from Northwestern. Um, and so I thought that was my career path until I, and I was in business news too. I actually worked with Lou Dobbs at CNN in New York, and so I did the whole business news thing. And I began to realize that we always, all the, all the shows do the same thing. They all go back to the very same people time and time again as guests, or whether it's CNBC or any of the other shows. And it's because those people stand out. They can communicate complex financial topics in ways that were interesting and educational and understandable. Uh, And so I transitioned to using my skills and what I had learned as a writer and a a communicator and a journalist to work with CEOs. And uh, a lot of that was pre-IPO work with people. And I began to realize that this is, like Robert said, this is the key skill that entrepreneurs need today, and they don't have. And uh, just on a personal note, one of the reasons why I was very excited to speak to both of you is because I think Rich Dad came out in 97 or so, late 90s. And that transformed my thinking, not only in my personal life, uh, looking at myself not as a career guy, but possibly how do I take what I what I know, my skills, and transition to be an entrepreneur, but also the way it was written. Uh, the way Rich Dad Poor Dad was written actually reinforces everything that we're talking about today. When a financial advisor writes, I had two fathers, a rich one and a poor one, one is the one, one of the, the most gripping, simple sentences I've read in a long time, in any financial book, certainly, and then it's based in narrative. It's based on story. Uh, so the, the fact that we're even talking here today is because Kim and, and Robert are two people who have been able to uh, articulate financial concepts simply and in a way that people understand. Well, thank you. You're a very intelligent man, Carmine. <laughs> yeah, my definition of intelligence is if you agree with me, you're intelligent. And if you disagree with me, you're not intelligent. So you're very intelligent, Carmine. The reason... I write and I speak the way I do is because, you know, my poor dad was a head of education for the state of Hawaii, Stanford University, Northwestern, like you, and University of Chicago. And I flunked out of school constantly. And I couldn't understand why, you know, here I am, the superintendent's son, I'm the village idiot in school. And the, the main reason is teachers are boring. They could be the most boring people on earth. I mean, even undertakers are more interesting than they are. 
And I grew up in a family of school teachers. And they're good people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing, I'm not you know, contesting their morals or legals or ethics. They're boring people. And I think it's a crime that our school system puts boring people in front of kids who are hyperactive like me. Because the moment mm-hmm. the teacher started to speak, I jumped out the window. I just couldn't stand it. Yeah. T- teachers, uh, educators, but and it becomes a real problem, too, when you go into the business world. And if you're boring today, uh, especially as an entrepreneur, a boring entrepreneur may have the greatest idea in the world. And this is one of the themes I come back to time and again in, in all the books I write. You, you can have a great idea if you cannot communicate it and articulate your idea uh, to trigger that evangelism on the part of other people and to get people excited about your idea, uh, it'll fall on deaf ears. So you're going to have an idea without eloquence uh, is pretty meaningless. So how how does, let's say I'm a new entrepreneur, I've got this great idea, I'm just starting out, how do I where do I start with the communication? I want, I, want to, I want to sell my idea. I want people to invest in me. Well, the most important thing is to buy Carmine's book. That's the thing that starts <laughs> well, that's a good. That's a good advice. Uh, no, that's because if you look at the mm-hmm. greatest teachers on earth, they were storytellers. And, most, and sure. most academians are, are not. Okay, here, here's, you brought up something really interesting, then I'll get to Kim's question. Okay, Robert, you brought up something. Uh, most academians, Academians are not storytellers, and, and frankly, most economists are not. Most, story, most scientists are not. Uh, Robert Schiller of the Price-Schiller Index, uh, the Nobel Prize-winning economist, he's actually been re- writing quite a bit about the fact and, and criticizing his own economics field because As they get should. it wrong. Yeah, they get it wrong more than they get it right because they don't understand narrative. I call it storytelling. He calls it narrative. It's the same thing. Booms and busts, uh, stock market booms and busts, financial cycles are all driven by human behavior, and human behavior is driven by the narratives that we share and we tell ourselves. Correct. But so, so if you understand narrative, it's a very, very powerful tool. Well, the, the biggest problem with economists is they think they're scientists, and they're not scientists. And the second thing about economists is they forget that humans humans are irrational. They do not behave in a rational manner with with several things, sex, drugs, and money. They do not they do not do rational. And economists think that, you know, all all people should save, all she people should invest, and all all people should spend wisely, but as we all know, they don't do that. So economists have have completely left out the human condition that human beings are nuts when it comes to money. And so we get, you know, we get a lot of entrepreneurs that come to us and some of them, the biggest mistake they make is they get so caught up in their product and they start telling, let's say I'm somebody and and, and I'm just all about the product and this does this and it does this and it's the most boring presentations I've ever been in um, and I have no interest in, in working with them further. So let's say I'm this boring entrepreneur and I don't know where to start. Where do I start? Absolutely. Uh, The last thing that Robert said is the perfect segue, because he said that economists um, think that everybody just acts in a rational manner. If you understand, and I call it the ancient art of persuasion, because the tools have changed. We're on social media, we give PowerPoints, use Skype, however it is that we distribute our information. The way I transfer my information to you, the way I make that, that sinking between our two minds, has not changed. So storytelling, for example, is, is in our DNA. 
Um, if we go back to, and a lot of my book is based on Aristotle's rules of persuasion, it still works today. If you look at any great presentation, any presentation that wows you, that convinces you to invest in a product or a service, for example, uh, I guarantee that it will have the three appeals that Aristotle broke down for us 2,000 years ago. So, Kim, it's, it's, it's actually simple to understand. It's a little harder to put in practice because you, you do have to practice this stuff. Uh, but the three appeals are the basis of all great presentations, especially when it comes to entrepreneurs. So, Tezos, give, a, give, us, give yeah. us one of, give, give us one uh, of Aristotle's you, rules. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you all three. You cannot well, wait, persuade. Give us one, and then yeah. I'll give we'll you come one, back. And we can talk later. Two or three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got to hold these people in there because they have the attention span of a roach. I've got to check good. out. That's good. We'll, we'll tease them. Uh, well, one of them we've already been talking about, and that's pathos. That's emotion storytelling, because emotion is the quickest way to the brain. The other big one, though, is logos, which is data. Uh, I can make a, lo a logical argument. I can tell you in a very logical sequence that you have problem A. Uh, I have a solution for problem A that will make you happy. Therefore, my product will make you happy. Okay? The, the, that's just a logical argument. The problem, Aristotle said, that you cannot convince people to change their behavior with logos, logic, alone. You have to have pathos, which is that, which is that storytelling, emotional connection. Carmen, we have to take a break. So anyway, okay. that, that is a brilliant stuff. Pat, pathos, logos, you know, I don't speak those words, but anyway, I understand what you're saying. So we come back, we've been going into the, I think it's the third step of how you can be a great storyteller because storytellers are the great leaders of our time. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. It pays to listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki and the Rich Dad Radio Show. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And you can listen to this program anytime, anywhere on iTunes or Android. And all of our programs are archived at richdadradio.com. We archive them because repetition is one of the best ways to learn. So we're talking about a very important subject here, is how do you present? How do you sell? How do you tell stories? How do you keep people engaged? in a world where everybody's over-engaged and people don't have time. You know, I mean, where our guest today is Carmine Gallo, and he says in, in Silicon Valley, if you don't hold them in five seconds, you're finished. 
because that's what school was like for me. I, I go into my classroom, the teacher was start blathering on about calculus or algebra, and I was out the window. Man, I couldn't stand it. So naturally, it reflected on my grades. You know, it was F all the time because I just couldn't stand it. And so that's why this for entrepreneurs, for investors, for people raising capital, I would suggest you go to richdadradio.com and listen to this program again with Carmine Gallo. He's the author of Five Stars, The Communication Secrets to Get from Good to Great. So the reason we want to download this podcast from richdadradio.com, if you listen to this again, you'll pick up even more from it. And more importantly, if your friends, family, especially business associates, Listen to this, because as we know, we all have people who talk too much. Comments, Kim? Yeah, so at the break, we were talking about, um, Carmine, you were talking about that a lot of five stars, your latest book coming out in June, is based on Aristotle's three keys to communication. And you said number one was pathos. Yeah, pathos, which is emotion or storytelling, and logos, which is the data. And, or, and or, the uh, problem is most teachers, and most teachers just start with data, and most books just start right, with exactly. data. exactly. Well, okay, and that's, good. And, that's yes, exactly. and that's a great point because you say start with, and we do this all the time, Richard, you start with the big picture first, and then you go into the details. You said the brain craves meaning before detail. That's absolutely right. I learned that from a neuroscientist, and, and it's wonderful because I talk to all these scientists and AI scientists, and, and they tell me how the brain processes information, and, and I always get a kick out of telling them, yeah, I know that Aristotle gave us the tools 2,000 years ago. I, you know, Everything about persuasion really is based on the ancient brain because, Kim, the, the brain hasn't changed. Only the way we communicate has. Uh, but this whole idea of starting with a story actually is, is fantastic. This is why I wrote a whole TED book, Most Great TED Talks. The ones that go viral, the ones that go viral are not heavy on the data. There's a combination of story and data and another story to reinforce the data, whether it's uh, Brian Stevenson or uh, Sheryl Sandberg, Dan Airely, Bono from U2. They all gave these wonderful presentations that went viral and actually triggered movements. But if you break them down, there were more like 65, 70% of the content was story, whereas any biz most business presentations today, 99% of the content is tables and charts. So that's a quick way of putting people to sleep. Uh, but real quickly, if I can, I know, Robert, when you wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I mentioned that first sentence. That first sentence sucks you in because it's, there, there's an emotional connection. You, you don't start with data. You start with two fathers. I had two fathers, a rich one and a poor one. So you begin with narrative. Yep. which is the way we are wired to process information. That's why people like it. Yeah, and that's what I was we were explaining at the break, how I came up upon I Had a Rich Dad and a Poor Dad, is my first book was called, if you want to be rich and happy, don't go to school. Because to me, going to school was a big waste of time because I learned nothing I was going to use. I already knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, and learning about calculus wasn't helping me at all. And so that's why I wrote the book, If You Want to Be Rich and Happy, Don't Go to School, because most of my family, again, they're all school teachers, they're all very good people, all have masters, all have PhDs, but they're broke. They're poor as church mice. And I think that's a cruel injustice to our civilization today to have poor people teaching kids to be poorer. So anyway, so I wrote this book, and Simon & Schuster, this editor named Bob Azahina, called me and he says, hey, I want to come and talk to you about your book. If you want to be rich and happy, don't go to school. So Kim and I fly all the way from Arizona to 
New York City, and we sit down in front of Bob Azahina, nice guy. He says, he says, I want to talk to you about your book. You want to be rich and happy, don't go to school. And I thought, oh, man, we have a deal here. Oh, we, had, we, we were already counting our deal. dollars. <laughs> we have a deal. And he says, I don't like the book. <laughs> and, and he said something that was profound. He says, when you tell me what you really know, you'll have a bestseller. I went, what? He says, you haven't told me what this is. Your, your book is an angry book. You find Bridget happy, don't go to school. But you haven't told me what really is the motivation. What was the real story behind the book? And so Kim and I drag our tail, you know, tail behind our, between our legs, go back to Phoenix. And I'm sitting out at a little place called Bisbee, Arizona. I'm building a house. And I'm typing at night. And this place had no television, no radio. It was just me, myself, and the coyotes, and the deer, and the javelina. And I said, what do I know? What do I know? And what do I know? For days I went, what do I know? And suddenly it came out, I had a rich dad and I had a poor dad. And like you say, storytelling, the storyteller's secret. And that's how rich dad, poor dad came to birth. Robert, great story. <laughs> but it, remi it reminds me of something that uh, I do try to stress to entrepreneurs. Uh, this is a creative process. In order for you to sell your product emotionally and really grab people's attention, uh, you can't just open a PowerPoint and start listing the features of a product. It actually takes some work. It takes some creativity. You have to think about these things. Well, that's, that's amen. I, I love what you said, you know. It's a story. Well, you have three things. Yeah, Aristotle is the pathos. It's the emotion. You have the logos, which is data. What is number three? Oh, number three is ethos, which simply means credibility, um, character. That's built before someone even walks in the room. So people look you up on Google, or they'll look you up, what are your credentials, your degrees. Um, but the point is that persuasion and the ability to communicate successfully is something that degrees cannot measure. And, and artificial intelligence and computers cannot replace. We have this unique human edge that if people can develop it, and, and it, it's ingrained in us, we're hardwired for this. Uh, we are hardwired to connect with people. If you can develop those skills, you're going to stand out. That's why I named the book Five Stars. You know, three stars is pretty average, and as we all know, average isn't good enough anymore. But when I talk to everyone from uh, CEOs and billionaires to Navy SEALs and NASA astronauts, it's very, very clear. The people who stand out in their fields are those who can sell their ideas and communicate their ideas more effectively than everybody else. And Carmine, there's, group. there's like a foundation to your whole talk, that to your whole strategy that people, I think, don't sometimes understand, which is people, when they're selling something or they're trying to persuade somebody, they think it's all about them. And it isn't about their product at all. The people don't care about your product. You say they just care about themselves. And they're, they're basically asking themselves, why, why should I care about this? How is it going to make my life better? And from In that point of view, we I think it's, yeah. yeah, I think from, from a speaker's point of view, if you can get that point across to the speaker that it's not about you, it's not about your product, it's all about what can you do to make that audience life better. Well, Carmine, you know, well, like... Um, yeah. My rich dad said, "If I, my poor dad wanted to get my MBA, which was a complete waste of time. And my rich dad said, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you have to learn how to sell. So I didn't know how to sell. So I went to the Xerox Corporation, and then I went to IBM. I learned one of the most important lessons. I, t I chose Xerox. One of the most important lessons I learned from Xerox was the, the radio station WIIFM. What's in it for me? 
And yeah. most people are talking about their product versus what I, WIIFM, what, what's in it for your customer. That's pretty simple, isn't it? It is very simple. And this gets back to one of my earlier books, and I mentioned it again in five stars, but just briefly, is I still believe that Steve Jobs at Apple was one of the greatest business communicators yeah. of our time. And he rarely, I've looked at every single Steve Jobs presentation, really broke it down. He would rarely come out and just talk about a product. It was always helping you understand that you have a problem in need of a solution. And then the solution would be, obviously, the new product. But he built up the narrative. He built it up just like a classic, uh, a great movie or a book. He built it up with a backstory, conflict, and hurdles to overcome. And finally, you go through the journey with him, and you're exhausted, and you're thinking, yes, I do have this problem. I have, <laughs> it's a problem you didn't even know you had. You didn't you know you had, had it. <laughs> But I, the way I look at it, Kim, it was wrapped in narrative. He yeah. understood that, that the, the secret of persuasion, which is I cannot just, and Robert just said it, you know, I can't just tell you the features of the product. I have to be able to build a, a story that you want to participate in the journey with me. Yeah. Right, and, and sales is called overcoming the objection and then close, you know. Well, I remember and, when, he, when the book, when he hired Scully, and he said to Scully, you know, do you want to just sell flavored water all your life or do you want to change the world you want to make a difference i mean that's his communication and he closed them right there. and he closed them yep uh, if we have a second john scully uh, endorsed five stars along with uh, tony robbins and uh, adam grand few others so i'm really happy and grateful john scully told me an interesting story and, and this gets back to something we all need to understand uh, steve jobs was not a natural communicator we think he was. We see these magnificent presentations on YouTube. Uh, Scully said in 1984 he was behind backstage. Steve Jobs was a nervous wreck before he went on to introduce the first Macintosh. Uh, he really had to grow into it. Warren Buffett has talked about having a terrifying fear of public speaking when he was young. So it, it reminds me that we are not naturally uh, comfortable speaking in front of groups or, or pitching our ideas. It's just not something that's natural or comfortable to, to a lot of people. Well, My advice is we have to over, you have to overcome that fear and work at it if you intend to be successful and stand out. It's like, well, worse, worse than that is many people who think they're natural salesmen are, are talkers. Yeah. You know, and and the, another lesson I learned from Xerox is telling is not selling. You know, Good it's, point. It's well, what, and I what is selling is asking questions, not telling. And I remember your very first talk, Robert. Robert practiced for weeks to do a two-minute introduction of an accountant at a breakfast meeting. Practice yeah. for two weeks for a two-minute presentation. Oh. He was he was scared to death, as was perfect. I. <laughs> perfect. No, no, that's that, that, that's a perfect example. Most people don't understand that it does take work, and the more practice. you do it, the more you rehearse, uh, the more comfortable you're going to be. But right. there, that is a, that is something that holds people back. They are people are afraid to speak up because uh, it's just a natural fear that people have. Because they went to well, school, to they, they're afraid of pun being punished. And anyway, yeah. you know, like yeah. uh, I just tell the clothes my uh, rich dad had on me when I had to learn how to sell. So I go up to him, and my my father wants me, my poor dad wants me to get my MBA, and my rich dad says, "You got to learn how to sell if you're going to be an entrepreneur." You know, that's it. Period. But I said, I don't want to sell. And he, he, he did his best to persuade me. He did his best. I said, no, I'm too afraid. Sell salesmen are crooks and they're this and that. And so, again, I'll say the difference between telling and selling is a person who can sell asks the question. Because when you yeah. go to a courtroom, 
the attorney asks the question. You ask the attorney a question, they'll shut you down. Because the question is the most powerful thing, communication tool people have one-on-one. -on -one. So I'm sitting there arguing with my rich dad. I said, I don't want to learn how to sell. And Rich dad said, and I saw a Marine was come, just come back from Vietnam. And he says, how's your sex life? <laughs> I said, it doesn't exist. Because you can't sell. <laughs> <laughs> and then with that, that was a compelling reason why. <laughs> that was memorable. And with that, memorable. I went to learn how to sell. <laughs> and when I met Kim, she turned me down for how many months, Kim? Six months. Six, Six months. months. You see, you see how important selling is? You sold. So you you had, sold and sold and sold. You had to keep working at that. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's not really. The, it's the fear of rejection. And the reason most yeah. people are poor is they went to school. They're told, don't make mistakes. Don't speak up. And, and you know, so they're so afraid of rejection. They'll do anything not to be rejected. It's criminal what they do in school. It's criminal. Yeah. You know, and when yep. you think about it, Carmine, if you're telling stories, it's such an easier presentation of you telling a story than you trying to memorize the five most important benefits of my product and why you should oh, use them. I mean, yep. it's an yep. easy presentation. And I think the best thing I liked, I liked about Warren Buffett, you know, somebody went into his office, and the only diploma he has on his wall is not his college mm -hmm. degree, but his diploma is a certificate from the Dale Carnegie course on public speaking. And he Isn't says, that amazing? Yeah, and he says he, he took the Dale Carnegie course because he, he, would, he had to find a way to stop his knees from knocking together. <laughs> and so that's why, I, you know, and, and if Buffett has that, that diploma, his Dale Carnegie course on his wall, and you have your MBA from, you know, whatever school it is, which one's more important? That's the question I ask people. Uh, yeah, so with technology, if you would just address, Carmen, the, the role of technology has taken so over all of our lives with the iPhones, iPads, everything, everybody's on technology and the communication is, face-to-face -face communication is getting less and less and less. How does technology, how does this work into technology? Yeah, and that scares all of us who are in the field of persuasion and communication research because I've certainly talked to many people, um, both scientists and academics, uh, who can tell very clearly that our communicate our ability to communicate especially face to face is, is compromised and that's very scary uh, but that's why i i talk about the fact that even though the uh, automation is replacing so many jobs and artificial intelligence can replicate most of what we do uh, and do it much better and faster that's why we have to kind of get back to our past in order to thrive in the future and understand that, that the only skill, the only thing that we have that's different is our ability to have emotion and to transfer that emotion to another, pe to another person. I Kim, you'll love this. I spoke to one of the top AI scientists, and I said, uh, for this book, and I asked him, so I, I just read an article, I said, I just read an article that, that robots can now read human emotion. Well, once robots have emotion like we do, uh, th then how do we stand out? How do we compete? And he said, Carmine, calm down. R you read robots can read human emotion. They don't have human emotion. And that's the difference. <laughs> and I, and that, that was the basis for writing my book. I realized, ah, people are very scared of all this automation technology, but if we can get back to who we are, as humans, 
Uh, that is really the secret to standing out and, and owning the future. So really this ability to communicate, to persuade, to inspire, that is the number one skill necessary in, the, in all of this face of automation. A machine is not going to inspire you to right. change the world. It's not right. going to inspire you to look for the stars. Well, Absolutely. Well, well, try trying to inspire your wife and kids. I mean, that's really the challenge. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> oh, that's a completely separate. That's, that's another show. For me to, to challenge. <laughs> so, Carmine, thank you very much thank again. Thank you, Carmine. Excellent. So, thank you, Carmine. Thank you, Carmine. Thank you for what you're doing and uh, the gift you're giving the world. We appreciate it. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. And we come back, we'll be going to the most popular part of our program, Ask Robert. You're listening to The Rich Dad Radio Show with Robert Kiyosaki. Don't be like Charlie. Charlie is that do-it-yourselfer who does himself in. Do-it-yourself is good for tile and grout. It is not good for asset protection. Charlie thought he'd save a few dollars forming his LLC online. With no guidance, he did it wrong. When he sold the property, he lost thousands and thousands of dollars. He did himself in by trying to do it himself. Don't burn yourself. Use Corporate Direct to set up and maintain your LLCs and corporations. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by attorney and rich dad advisor, Garrett Sutton. Garrett wrote the bestsellers, Loopholes of Real Estate and Start Your Own Corporation. He is Robert Kiyosaki's attorney for asset protection. He and his team will do it right. Visit them at CorporateDirect.com or call 800-600-1760. Mention Rich Dad and receive $100 off your formation fee. That's CorporateDirect.com. CorporateDirect.com. Log on to RichDadRadio.com while you listen. Now back to Robert Kiyosaki. Welcome back, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. And as you know, most people just talk, and they, you know, telling isn't selling. They put you to sleep. Uh, our, our guest, Carmine Gallo, said that you have less than five seconds. And I, I, give more, I give people a little bit better chance, nine seconds. And you know, people just talk, I and mean, the talking isn't communication. Most people don't know this, but words are 7% of communication. 35%, 34% is emotion. You know, I could say, I love you, or I love you. That's the tone. Your tone will change the communication. And the last part is your physical. You know, if I have the index, I have my middle finger sticking up at you, you'll get the message without me saying anything. So the average person who has never taken sales courses or speaking courses and all that, they're just wasting their time. They really should give up and go home and, you know, whip the dog or something. But anyway, you can listen to the Rich Dad Radio Show anytime, anywhere on Rich Dad, on iTunes or Android. I just want to make sure you guys are awake. And our, all of our pod, podcasts are archived at richdadradio.com. And we archive them simply because it's the best way to learn. So if you want to learn more about what Carmine Gallo, our guest, had to say, is a very important message, please go to Rich Dad Radio, download the uh, archive copy of this, have your friends, family, and your business partners especially listen to it. Because if you can't sell, if you cannot communicate, you're wasting your time. And as we said, your hardest communication generally goes to your spouse, your husband, your wife, 
and your kids, and yet people spend no time learning what communication is. And you can submit your questions to Ask Robert anytime at richdadradio.com. Once again, thank you to Carmine Gallo. Kim. And I'm going to recommend his book, Five Stars. It's coming out in June of 2018, um, Talk Like Ted and the Storyteller's Secret, because one of the one of the things we didn't touch on, you talk about the most boring presentations we we ever sit through, Robert, is when, the, when they have the PowerPoint, and they have all these words on PowerPoint. And Carmine actually talks about PowerPoint, and the use of PowerPoint is to make an impact to make something visual. Point. I mean, it's horrible. I've gone through real estate. So boring. I've gone through these real estate things and they have like my nine million words on an eight by 10 sheet. Yep. And they wonder why they're not selling. And the guy is yakking away. We were just People, down oh, in Puerto Rico. Oh, we were Rico. just there. Oh, we were just gosh. in Puerto Rico and this guy was trying to pitch us on $6 million office building. He was the most boring guy and he had PowerPoints with words on it. I mean, this guy should have Half been the shot the at People dawn. were walking out on him and it was just ridiculous. It was horrible. And that's why I never did well in school. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> anyway, next, next uh, first question, Melissa. Robert. Our first question today comes from Stella in Des Moines, Iowa. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, Robert, my partners and I have a successful online business. We are now wanting to expand and we are lining up investor meetings. What are some of the things that you like to see from entrepreneurs who are asking you to invest in their business? Well, I, I agree with what Carmine says. You gotta tell a story, but you gotta have the backup material. And for me, the backup material, one of the first questions I ask people when they pitch me deal, I say, who's your bookkeeper? And if they go, huh, what's a bookkeeper? I'm out. Because that, that person is not a business person. Or if they say, oh, my wife keeps my books or my husband keeps my books, I'm out. Because that's not professional. Every professional person has a bookkeeper. From the bookkeeper, it goes to an accountant and it goes to an attorney and then it goes to their banker. So I wanna know who their bookkeeper is, their accountant, their attorney, and their banker, and who, what your financial statements say. But this is after I like the story. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, you gotta, you've gotta tell a great story. It's a perfect point. You gotta tell a great story. So Stella, get the book. Um, one of the first questions too we ask is they say, oh, you know, I want, I want you to invest $100,000. One of the first questions we're gonna ask is, how are you gonna use that money? because we've been pitched many deals and they're like, well, we're gonna use the money to get new furniture for our offices, or we're gonna use the money to pay ourselves a salary. And if those answers come out of the mouth, then we are gone because yeah. the only purpose to raising money <coughs> is to grow the business, to put it into marketing, to put it into sales. And if you don't have the right team, and the team begins with team a bookkeeper, yep. accountant, attorney, banker. I mean, it's really doggy simple, just doggy simple. You don't have that, you're not a business person. You're a dreamer. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Bryant in Frisco, Texas. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It says, Robert and Kim, what is the number one thing or skill you want your potential partners or advisors to have? It's the same thing. You better have an accountant, you have a bookkeeper, an attorney, and you have to be in business. The biggest mistake Kim and I made is we hired accountants and attorneys who weren't business people, and we made them partners. And the rule of thumb Kim and I have, I mean, it's been disastrous. Never hire, never become a partner with somebody you can hire. I'll say it again. Never become a partner with somebody you can hire. And the mistake Kim and I made is we, we hired our accountant and attorney and we made them partners. They're, for those who've seen the cash flow quadrant, they're S's, biggest mistake. And that's a great point you're just making because if this if they want to grow the business and they're hiring they're bringing on S's that's that's a problem because S's basically cannot grow 
grow a business. But the other thing that we look for is, and uh, Carmine mentioned it when he talked about the three keys to communication from Aristotle, the third key was ethos, meaning credibility or character. And we've done business with a lot of shady characters. And right now we are very, very, very picky about who we do business with. Right. So you know, don't make a partner of somebody you can hire. If you can hire an attorney, hire them. Don't make a partner out of them or let them prove themselves. The other part on that is really quickly is I've met people who think they're in business, but they're not. This one guy accused me of not paying him. And I said, he said, you didn't pay me. And so I said, well, I generally pay people. So I said, Christina, check into it. He says, and Christina, our assistant, called him and says, did you send us an invoice? No. Don't you invoice people? No. You should know how much you owe me. And I went, oh, my God. This guy's got his, this guy is so far behind the eight ball. He doesn't understand business. He expected me to know how much to pay him without an invoice and how can I pay without an invoice. So when I found that out, I didn't care how good, it could have been the best deal in the world, I won't do business with them. That is, those are little key signs that make professionals versus amateurs. Once again, I thank Carmine Gallo, best-selling author, five stars of communication secrets to, the good, to get from good to great. And you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at uh, richdadradio.com and thank you all for listening.